I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. I hope you are all well. So on today's episode, we are talking Persephone, how to honour and work with her. On our second segment of today, we have a discussion with Rob, my podcast bestie from UK Ghost Stories Podcast. Just a bit of a random discussion all about witch law, Papa Legba, we touch on voodoo, But to kick things off today, we have our book review, which is all about Psychic Witch, a metaphysical guide to meditation, magic and manifestation written by Matt Orin. So this book took me a while to get around to reviewing purely because to me, it just wasn't a book I should read through quickly. If I had one recommendation in how to use this book, it would be to treat it as a full-on course. So if you really want to make the most of the book, assign a specific book of shadows or notebook to it and really get in and do the work. I found myself rereading a few sections just to make sure it had really sunk in. And to be honest, I'm actually considering rereading it again and full-on studying it, as I just don't think I gave the book enough of my time. I literally treated this the same as you would reading one of the greats. So, for example, I know this is fiction, but if you were reading a Charles Dickens book, it's like without the difficult language, rereading a section when I hadn't taken it in over and over until I was in awe at actually understanding what it all meant. So the book is full of exercises and meditations. There are actually 90 exercises in the book to help unlock your own psychic abilities and to tie this in with your craft. I love that there is no pretentiousness within this book. Matt, the author, believes psychic ability is inherent in every witch. It just has to be nurtured. So if you are already blessed with having psychic ability, this book is for you as it will help you to manage this correctly. But at the same time, if you believe you had no abilities in that area, this book could definitely put you on the path to realising it's in all of us. Parts of the book that stood out to me relate to brainwave states, how to tune into the correct one to utilise your psychic ability the meditations you can work on that actually link to your craft, how to ground, shield, psychic cleanse, the spells in there to awaken psychic ability, the pineal glands or witch eye and how to cleanse and charge this, seeing aura colours 
and also the section on the different Claire senses, for example, clairvoyance, clairaudience. My favourite section was on the free cauldrons. This is a concept that is believed to be linked to Celtic oral teachings. So this links our three energy centres. So you have the lower cauldron or the lower self. That relates to our body and our primal emotional aspects of ourselves. So humans, animals, this relates to the animal aspect of us. The second cauldron, the second soul, is the middle self, which is a name used for the mind and differentiates us from animals. So this is our human aspect. And lastly, you have the final cauldron, the final soul. It's the higher self, which is a name for the spirit. This is the part of ourselves close to divinity. And this then takes the book into exercises and more understanding in relation to the shadow self, inner child work and divine purpose. So when our three souls are in alignment, this is said to cause a phenomenon that is called the witch fire. And this is the energetic elixir of all three of the souls functioning as one unified energy. So it goes into great depths on that. I also obsessed over this book with a section relating to calling the quarters, the explanation of the doctrine of signatures. So how teachings on witchcraft use planetary powers as a primary form of correspondence. So this explains how certain plants can assist you in certain spell work. And this would be based on relating this to their shape, color, appearance, how they relate to the body and their environment, and therefore how they correlate to specific energies and planets. So the book has loads of spells to use. I love that Matt Orin believes that magic can be carried out at almost any time using your psychic abilities and willpower, but without needing to be at your altar and have three million components for that particular spell. In conclusion, I absolutely recommend this book, not to treat as a book, to treat as a course that you would dedicate your time to, because I truly believe if you dedicate the time to the teachings in this, you would see true magic come from working with yourself in ways you could never imagine. This is a real treasure of a book, has more content that you could shake a stick at. Don't underestimate it. In size, this book is packed out, really is a witchcraft masterpiece. Join me after the break for my conversation with Rob. Please excuse how many times I say my usual words of literally and basically. I seem to have an obsession with these particular words. We got there in the end. Join me after the break. Hey, Callie. Hi, Rob. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, not yet fully lost the plot being in isolation. Which mm. is good. <laughs> yeah. Losing the plot can be fun, though, because, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it can be. I mean, what else are you going to do at home, you know? Just go crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're upstairs of your house on your downstairs and your downstairs on your upstairs. Make a cellar by, like, digging up the foundations of your house, you know? Do something spontaneous. Bury yeah. a dead body in the sandpit, you know? <laughs> Who knows? I feel like that's far too exciting. I think I've like decluttered everything possible 
and just probably drank way too much Prosecco, ordered mm. too much online. Mm. I think everyone's in the same situation at the moment. Yeah, quite. I mean, that, that sounds fun too. Yeah, know, yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Less hard work. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose the burying the dead body in a sandpit could count as your daily exercise as well. Uh, it's true. Yeah, Lift, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. Dragging and digging and stuff. Yeah. That would involve seeing someone, though. So that's the only issue that we have with but that. If they're dead. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'll I'll check I'll check with the UK government on that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> although, although I may not be here for the next yeah. couple of episodes, if I did, I'll get Aaron to fill in for me. Too. Oh God! Then we have. Well, that'll be another episode conspiracy theory wise. So absolutely. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> what it was like inside. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so we are doing this really weird dual episode. Like, it's not my episode, it's not your, it's our episode. Like, we're both doing each other's shows on this episode, aren't we? Yes, yeah. Yep. It's and super weird. It's been a while. Um, You've been on. So, I probably say, like, Rob, you are like my podcast bestie because obviously, when I first started out and I had. I was just totally rubbish and had no idea what I was doing and still the same. But you were the one that I was always kind of like um, talking to about everything. And so the last time you, you were on my show was last year. So it, it has been yes. a little while. And, and, you know, and I feel like for me, I feel like I've done a lot of, um, you know, not so serious. Like my show isn't really that serious, to be honest, but it would just be good to be, have a bit of a laugh and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just although we're not talking about very jolly things, to me. No, not at the moment. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> we just, we just kind of like, we just, we just kind of do, you know, like it happens. Yeah, it's we have just no control weird. over what happens, how it happens, even why it just happens, you know. Um, and for the most part, for some weird reason, people seem to enjoy it. <laughs> for those of you who are new to my show, um, this is Carrie from the White Witch Company. She does witchy things and things witch related. I think that I think that's the best description I've ever done of your show. <laughs> so obviously, I run the White Witch podcast, but yeah, I run the White Witch Company, and. Um, and just a little shameless plug, I'm actually working on a witchcraft book that will be out for next year. Thanks, Rob, for letting me <laughs> see my little TED talk there. <laughs> yes, so yes. Carly's got a book coming out soon, and I totally just let her plug that on the, on the, uh, <laughs> the episode. <laughs> just put that one right in there, thank you. No. <laughs> 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 I know I feel like you're so much better and more productive than me at putting episodes out and I kind of feel like I have to sort of um sort of say yeah I, I am doing stuff like I'm not just sort of being you know ultra slow at getting episodes <laughs> out and stuff like there is stuff going on in the background believe it or not but I haven't actually said that on the podcast yet I haven't actually said that I'm writing a book but enough about that sorry Rob 
Well, I suppose, I suppose you can do an episode before you put this one up explaining what you're doing, just so it's not like a spoiler thing. Oh, no, I'll probably forget. I'm really bad at plugging myself on my own show. <laughs> I feel like I come on someone else's and just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, so that that's like half the episode gone of just yeah, giggles. Um, <laughs> but right, so what have we got? So obviously Carly does a lot of witchy things. I cover pretty much everything which and other related not everything which related but just <laughs> things which related um so we thought we'd do like a, a dual episode you know i've done my usual i've got some weird and short stories but there's quite a few of them and carrie's got some stuff she's going to talk to us about as well but i won't even spoil that i'll wait till uh i'll wait till she's ready to go and it's oh hit my microphone there Fun. <laughs> Perks of a live recording. I can't Why edit that out. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh yeah. god. So I'll leave all um I'll leave Carrie stuff for when she's uh, she's ready to tell us that. I won't spoil anything there. So the stories that I've got, Carrie, and perhaps you could help us out with these if you have come across these yes. in your witchiness time and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um these are apparently 10 witches you do not want to mess with. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah. So, the first one is... Oh, shit. How do you say that? Uh, Kikimora, whose name is extremely fun to pronounce. You got that right. Um, is a household spirit who must, above all, be respected. She is the female equivalent and wife to the male household spirit... Uh, don't, I don't even know what that says. Domovia or Domovoa or whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. It's supposed to be the male household spirit. And her presence is always made known by wet footprints. So what makes this uh, Kikimora a witch you don't want to cross? Well, she's somewhat harmless, but if she is disrespected, she will whistle, break dishes and throw many things around you. So unless you don't want everything in your house broken, you best stay on a good side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a Slavic uh, or sort of Russian um, folklore witch, but I think very much like a house witch. And I think she's got links to the swamp, which is why you get the wet feet, if mm-hmm. I've got it right. Yes, and I think a lot of house witches, or I've seen this in a book on, um, yeah, I want to say Aaron Murphy Hiscock, a book that I did about on the show, uh, and yeah, I'm sure that that's this story's in there about one of the house witch kind of law mm. stories. So yes, yeah, I have heard of that one. Oh, great stuff! Uh, let's see, what's the next one? I'm gonna have fun pronouncing these. Jesus, C <laughs> uh, C, I think that one is C I R C E. Yes, yeah. One of my friends just recommended a book on this, so it's quite a popular book out at the moment, actually. Yes. A famous character in Homer's Odyssey, Circe was a witch who lived on an island called, what the fuck, Uh, Anayani? Anayana? Okay. (laughs) Why do things have really complicated names? (laughs) We're not all good readers. She took up a rather peculiar hobby. She would turn passing sailors into wolves and lions and all sorts of animals after drugging them. Hey, some people collected stamps. Other people like turning men into animals. Who are we to judge? Well, yep, absolutely. It is not okay to judge. Um, She's not even wearing a top in that picture, so I'm not judging. When Odyssey visited 
this person um, of the island, sorry. Uh, Circe turned his men into swine, but Odysseus was given a magical plant by the gods that prevented Circe from morphing him. After making Circe swear not to betray him, Odysseus uh, and his men lived under Circe's protection for a year before attempting to sail back to Ithaca. Wow, they were a mouthful. So she was banished to this island by Zeus and just practised her craft and managed to kind of tame, like, wild animals and beasts and so on. Um, Yeah. Wow. Weird. Oh, I do know that one. Yeah, I do know. And actually, I do know. There's there's a really popular book out at the moment, but they're actually bringing a television programme out in America from the book so I think it is meant to be quite quite epic yeah mm, wicked awesome that's uh, that's going to be an interesting one to watch mm-hmm. I imagine you'll have to let me know how it goes because if it's classed under the no, horror film <laughs> I won't watch it uh, the next one we have got is Morgan Le Fay most people are vaguely familiar with the legend of King Arthur and his companion the wizard Merlin but few of us remember a character by the name of Morgan Le Fay in the myths, she works tirelessly with her magic to bring down the good queen Genevieve, mm-hmm. who banished her from the court when she was younger. She tries to betray Genevieve's lover, Sir Lancelot, and foils the quest of King Arthur's knights. The ultimate fate of Morgan is unknown, but she does eventually reconcile with King Arthur and brings him to Avalon after his final battle. I know that this this character's got quite a big part in... I don't know if you remember that the programme in the UK called Merlin, and I think she was quite a big character in that. I vaguely remember it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the only... Yeah, so I, I do... I think I just recall it from that, but not much on the story itself. Right. right. Oh, fair enough. Fair play. Number seven. The Witch of Endor. The Witch of Endor wasn't necessarily malevolent, but the fate she spoke of was not one to be ignored. As the story goes, King Saul, or Saul, went to the Witch of Endor for answers about how to defeat the Philistines. The witch then summoned the ghost of the prophet Samuel, who didn't tell him how to defeat the Philistines, but prophesied that he would be defeated and join his three sons in the afterlife. Saul, who is wounded the next day in battle, kills himself out of fear. And while the witch didn't technically make Saul kill himself, she was certainly an accessory. Mm, haven't heard of that one. I've no, not I heard of that, that one before mm, I have not heard of that one. That is interesting. But I suppose there's probably quite a lot of things that people don't know about, you know. That's quite a blanket statement, Roger. <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like me, for example, I don't know about the correct pronunciation of a lot of words. Um, yes, <laughs> and the issue is when you do like your show or my show, there's so much mythology and lore, and you're like, oh god, like you know, yeah. like you're gonna mispronounce something, and someone's, you know, you just got ridges of someone sort of, you know, yeah. the pronunciation, please, getting yeah. in contact. Yeah. And- over the cold for it. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the, the the German one that I did um, about like Thule Society and stuff. That one was just a bitch. That one did <laughs> nothing to uh, put any faith in my reading ability. It, yeah, I've, prob- I've got like the reading level of a five year old. 
Well, we have to be actually we have to be honest because we start before we started recording for today's show. I actually had Rob on hold, and I'm like, going, Rob, can you, can you just hold like whilst we listen to this pronunciation?" <laughs> this word so I don't get it wrong and I know I'm still going to get it wrong but why do those pronunciation things always sound like Stephen Hawking because you can't even pronounce it properly anyway it's like the most unnatural way ever that they say the word I, I'd ask you in the end so there's no <laughs> yeah, home um, I know. <laughs> proper script in the barrel when you've got to ask me how to pronounce something <laughs> when we get to that word I'm just going to give you a cue and you can say it and I'll, then I'll, I'll know. We'll just like move on. Okay. I'll I'll try and say it in your accent as well. Yeah. Oh god. I, I, I can't even remember what the word was. <laughs> oh, so he t- so we should go into that actually. How um, Rob like threw a um, oh my god, Rob threw a uh, just just a little impression of me yesterday of my accent, and it was truly hilarious and i'm really struggling to do yours i'm generally pretty good with accents and i'm yeah i've i'm really struggling with yours but um so we both recorded a little intro for this show which should be yeah pretty hilarious to listen to i'm sure yours would be better than mine oh extremely (laughs) (laughs) extremely insulting to anyone else who shares either of our accents Yeah, I don't know. Mine's messed up. But anyway, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's this next one? Uh, Okay. Uh, Chedip or Chedip. What art thou? A witch, a vampire, what? Either way, she's no pretty dame in the moonlight. Chedip is a woman uh, who has died during childbirth or committed suicide and is the Indian equivalent of the succubus. Or succubus. Mm. She, she rides on a tiger in the moonlight, and when she enters a home, not a soul will wake or notice her. She then sucks the life out of each man through the toes and leaves without a trace. Oh, oh. That's, can we just, apart from the sucking the life out of a man's toes, that's, I'm sure some men will be well, in for, well up for that. Absolutely. However, like riding a tiger in the moonlight, that's goals. Like that's probably like Carol Baskin's dream to ride a tiger <laughs> in the moonlight, but maybe quite, not. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Sucking the soul out of their toes. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure about that one. It's um, it, it's a bit strange. <laughs> Again, like you say, there's probably some blokes out there that are like, oh yeah. <laughs> How do I summon this woman? How do I summon this bitch? Let's get it on. I don't know why my default accent is like a Yorkshire accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like you always get the baddie in American films and they're English, like yeah. always. Like... <laughs> yeah, always, always. <laughs> right, uh, the next one we have got... Uh, oh, what's this one? Okay, it's the uh, the last one. Oh, how the f- hell do you pronounce this? <laughs> Uh, the Grey or the Moray? Uh, what the hell? Okay. What, whoever names witches in the future, stop giving them weird-ass spellings. Like, seriously. Whoever's <laughs> doing this, quit it. Uh, so what witches do we conclude with our list? Why, the very spinners of fate, of course. Oh, I think I know these ones. They're in the Hercules film. Okay. Uh, 
so that might actually give you an inkling of how to say the name. Uh, the two separate trios of witches who understand the whims of fate, but since they are often lumped together, we'll mention them both. Uh, the Morai spun the loom of fate, and everyone's fate was tied to their loom, even those of non-mortals. And the other one, uh, with three malevolent sisters, kin to the Gorgons, uh, Medusa mm-hmm. and her two lesser-known sisters. Uh, they were not the friendliest bunch, but they did share an eye which they passed between themselves. They also had knowledge of the unknown and of fate, but they did not control it. So which is worse, sisters to Medusa or those who could snip the string of your life? Mm. Now, the ones, those ones, I believe, were in the... If you watch the original Hercules cartoon, this is the only way I know oh, this. They're the, the three witches... That. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, those ones. I remember these. I remember the yes. shared eyeball. Yeah, yeah, I can. They look yeah. nicer in the pictures than they did in the cartoon, though, barring the fact they all have no eyes except the one that they're holding in the hand, so that's weird. As soon as you say Hercules, though, I instantly think of, is it the Nutty Professor with the big fat mum? And she's like, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. That's instantly <laughs> what I think of, that voice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so um, those are some stories about witches, you know. Uh, some of them sounded very weird. Uh, the tall <laughs> one was strange, but the uh, the other ones, they, they sounded pretty weird, you know. Uh, the Witch of Endor was quite an interesting one. Um, although I haven't heard of it, but like we say, there's probably quite a few witches and witchy-related things that I am not aware of and you might not be aware of so who knows maybe one of your witch listeners has heard of the witch of endor i just love i'm still loving i can't get over the story of the lady that rides on the the witch on the tiger in the moonlight like that's yeah goals <laughs> it goes yeah i love it absolutely yeah so those stories were pretty weird in just to sum that whole thing up, they were uh, rather weird. And my toes feel kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Like, I currently don't have socks on. Um, and <laughs> my, I, I just feel, I feel like I have to go put socks on. Um, oh, in, case, like, in case that witch comes in on it. Yeah, in case I, I just look down like... to find some, like, ghostly witch sucking <laughs> the life via my toes. Oh, well, no. you know what? It's only men. That's so right. Uh, we're fine. And you know what? That's maybe that's exactly what happens when you, you know, I, when you like let your foot out at the end of the duvet. That's what happens. Yeah. Maybe that's the monster under your bed. Yeah. That witch. little, oh, like I'm just imagining like that kind of Baba Yaga, like kind oh. of awkward and, oh, stuck in your skull. Hell no. Hell no. Anyway. What a way to go. Anyway. <laughs> enough about the cheesy toe sucker yeah what do you have for us you've got something quite interesting i believe yeah i've got a really scary one because it well it's very rare that i now i think i'm so immune to being scared to a lot of uh tales and so on but there was something in the news this week and it really um freaked me out if i'm honest um because I kind of thought it would be, obviously, I do a lot of white magic. Um, and when I say white, you know, just basically, you know, anything that's kind of meant to be positive, that, you know, basically that you use it to 
um, you know, for healing, for like just for positive, for good stuff. But mm. I was just really a bit shook because there was a news story this week about a girl in America, Virginia Beach, mm. and she had tried to dabble in basically summoning the voodoo god Papa Legba. So Papa Legba is um, basically, this is where you need to insert the word, Rob. Um, lower. Um, l- l- lower. Lower, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower. Yeah, like a lower. So basically <laughs> she'd gone onto like a few witchcraft forums and and the like and had basically sort of wanted to find out more about what to do from what I can gather um, she wanted to summon Papa Legba by like burning a voodoo doll and she got loads of advice like there's loads of witchy forums and you know there's a lot of witches out there that do kind of try to you know not let people take on more than they can handle and the like so right. she got warned not to get involved with it and she just sort of said like let me live my life you know I can do whatever I want to do yeah and uh, let people live, have their own religion. Um, this She was a white girl, the girl that got involved with this. But I think it just really freaked me out because it was that example. So let me go into the story of what she did. So she put out that she actually was going to just go with it. She was going to summon Papa Legba. Um, she, you know, basically made a poppy and burnt it. And she actually had a friend or a girl in mind that she wanted to kind of take some evil action on um and then basically this was around the end of march so she started to basically report on the forum or on social media in general that she had seen basically power post saying i love my favorite word basically i seen papa legba today and i'm scared so she had you know basically started to see that say that she was having sightings of him no one took her cry seriously and Two days after that post, she was actually found dead, 19 years old. No one could explain her death. Um, They do, a lot of people speculated that they feel that Papa Legba could actually have had something to do with her death. She was died at the age of 19. Um, She died on April 19th. There's a lot of speculation, superstition that it all points back to the, you know, Haitian voodoo god Papa Legba. So she was said to have had a anxiety attack in the bath. And it's just that whole thing of whether or not, you know, the imagination is a wonderful thing. It could actually be that she did see like a shadow man. She was starting to see things. You know, she things were happening she could have had that anxiety attack from seeing something she'd already reported that she had seen him Mm. or it could be that you dabbled in something so out of your remit yeah you know you were warned not to as well um so did you actually kind of get involved with something and freak yourself out so much where everyone's saying to you don't do it this is what can happen Mm. and as a result you're highly anxious and this has happened to you and it did really freak me out honestly because I think with a lot of witches there is an element when you work with obviously certain deities and you know you can actually you are I don't want to freak anyone out that listens to the show or anything but 
it's kind of a big thing, you know, you're kind of going to a deity or a goddess, someone who said to, I mean, I know when I did um, some work on the show about the Morrigan and I found that quite daunting. I really made sure that I was ready to work with her because she's quite fearsome. Yeah. Um, she's got a huge Celtic background. You know, she's really related to war, to death, to transition. And I didn't take every time I sort of bring myself to my altar and do any work. The first thing they always say is make sure you do your homework. You need to like get to know this God, you know, goddess, like whoever you're working with, you have to get to know everything you can about them. Yeah. Um, and it just really freaked me out because I thought, wow, you know, it is a really sad story. Like this girl's only 19 and mm you know that the imagination can do I'm not suggesting that you know for all we know she could have seen a shadow man and things could have happened and turned out badly but yeah yeah it just really really did freak me out um but I did kind of you know didn't want to freak any of the listeners out but I just (laughs) thought it was something interesting to think about obviously you know like coming correct when you do want to do any work or kind of Mm. I don't feel that you know I don't want to underestimate the power of any deities but I just kind of feel it was like a great reminder to be really respectful of anyone that you come to because I believe they've got huge powers and whenever I've come to um I'm not gonna lie there's one goddess and I tried to do some work with her and it just wasn't happening like it just clearly wasn't for me Mm. um but especially with like Hecate and the Morrigan and I think with so one reason you should definitely listen to Rob's shows I know you go into a lot of the mythology and so on and I know recently you had the episode with the Banshee and Mm. So the Banshee is quite widely connected to the Morrigan, which is really interesting. There's obviously a lot of, you know, Irish law and, yeah, there's there's quite a big connection between the two that I was really interested in when I was looking into the Morrigan, which is kind yeah. of selfishly where I was like, oh, Rob, you <laughs> definitely do about this on your show. It's just clearly, like, totally fascinating. But I just really wondered, like, if you had ever kind of put it out there have you ever come across Papa Legba like is that anyone you're familiar with in in law and do you know like? it's not actually um hearing you go on about it is actually the the first I've heard about it mm-hmm. so I might actually have to now do an episode on it whether it be a main episode or a mini episode but so you don't watch any telly <laughs> no I feel like, no, I'm not digging you out for that. I feel like <laughs> people, a lot of um, people may be familiar with Papa Legba because he comes up in the amazing programme. To be fair, though, I, I have clearly only watched a lot of the witchy ones, but American Horror Story, there's the actual series Coven, which is purely all about witches. Mm. Absolutely love it. And Papa Legba... Is, it actually makes an appearance in that they're one of the characters um so that's a really good example of exactly how he looks very scary kind of has two different appearances so he'll either be quite sort of sprightly a cheeky sort of trickster and they often give him the top hat he, in coven american horror story he's got like bright red eyes he's got the kind of skeletal so he's really tall black mm. guy he's got 
amazing cheekbones, really good sort of skeletal makeup, or, you know, obviously that's how they, they've done it up to, do, to look like. And, um, or he'll appear like a really fragile old man, like with sometimes yeah. a straw hat. So there's kind of two different appearances. But it's really interesting because he basically, I think also in The Princess and the Frog, the amazing Disney film, one of my favourites, I believe <laughs> he is the one that, so you may have seen that actually, Rob. He no. is the one that you uh, sort of make the trade with for your soul. And, well, that's what happens in Princess and the Frog. And he tricks him. He ends up being a frog. Yeah, so, it, that, so that's kind of the basis on, in that story. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But he is the sort of intermediary between the lower, have I pronounced that correctly? I think so. And humanity. Maybe more of a Essex accent. <laughs> maybe more of an Essex accent, like lower. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> lower. <laughs> Oh, how, yeah, you can imagine, like, they'll, you know, if if we were fortunate enough that anyone interviewed who was listening to this, probably cringing at my pronunciations. So he's the intermediary between the lower and humanity. So he stands at, like, a spiritual crossroads. He gives or denies, basically, permission to speak with um, the spirits of Guinea. He's said to speak all human languages. He's linked to communication, speech, understanding. And interestingly, he's kind of had a bit of an, I think, an interest in him because he's commonly associated with dogs and the crossroads, as is Hecate. So I kind of felt like that was quite an interesting theme going Mm. on there. So like I was saying, he'll either appear as like a really old man with a crutch or a cane. He'll wear like a broad-brimmed straw hat. You'll see him smoking a pipe um with a drink in his hand always looks pretty cool he's always sometimes pictures with a dog and there is some association because of obviously sort of voodoo having association with um with catholicism i got it like saint peter saint lazarus saint anthony so, yeah, it's wow. just, just a fascinating story, basically. There is actually a shrine for him that is usually, well, there's quite a few shrines because he is quite key and important in Nigeria, Togo, Benin. Obviously, you've got, um, I know with, like, New Orleans and all around, you know, like the 
I want to say like the Bailey as well. And I have done my research. I feel like I've sort of lost the plot at this point with this story. But there <laughs> are a lot of different shrines that are usually located at the gate of like a bit of the village or wherever you're coming into. Mm. So, yeah, I just found it really fascinating. And the last part that I kind of wanted to mention. So certain offerings that you can make to him would be um, certainly tobacco, alcohol, um, but one of the stories that I said to you that I found really fascinating is because he's got a really big part in music. Robert right. Johnson is a amazing, like one of the best known old blues, like players, singers. Yeah. Um, he used to play guitar, you know, when they do like the bottle sliding technique. Yes. So he used to play like that and very much kind of came out of nowhere but it was said that and I remember this because my dad's like a musician and at the time I don't think I really realized how interesting the story was but he used to always tell me like when I was younger about the different blues singers and that Robert Johnson basically is said to have sold his soul to the devil at a crossroads however that devil is also pictured or mentioned as being Papa Legba so like there's two different stories there's one where you'll get Papa Legba there's one where people will say the devil it just completely depends on the story that you get but a lot of research that I did all pointed to Papa Legba which is really interesting and would make sense because of where Robert Johnson lived and so on mm. so I found that fascinating and also I didn't realize but um, even Elton John did a song called Hey Papa Legba. Wow. So, yeah, there's quite a few musical, you know, homages to him. Yeah, I just really found it fascinating, very much a wake-up call to, A, not sort of delve into what's not culturally appropriate for you to dabble in if that makes sense you know mm. there's certain areas that if you're obviously it's, it's difficult it's a difficult one yeah you know this this young girl she was really young she was warned you know a lot of people said it was out of her remit and just due to it was just yeah just if anything just too big of something to get involved in but just yeah. really sad like ultimately really sad and I just think it just highlighted that yeah you there is, you know, just it did scare me a bit because it is like you do have to be quite careful. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I just really found that fascinating. The whole backstory on it, and it's just really an area that I think I would like to look a bit more into, to be honest. Absolutely. I mean, just uh, it was actually quite weird that you mentioned about the uh, Johnson guy, the musician, because when I was doing one of my recent episodes of Deals with the Devil. I actually came across that story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was going to, uh, I, I was going to read that story out. And for some reason, I just thought, I was like, no, nah, for some reason, I just don't want to read this particular story. And I left it and moved on to the next one. And I wasn't sure why, but maybe it was because we were about to talk about it in this show. So, yeah, I feel like we could have. I feel like we could have brought it to the show a little bit better, but just ultimately fascinating. So he literally was meant to have exchanged his soul for a successful music, like successful music career 
in blues mm. and a lot of people said that before this is said to have happened obviously it created a massive hype for him in the industry like you can't couldn't give better PR if you think this is the early um I want to say like early 1900s so you're not gonna to to have reached the fame and wow like musical genius that he did like there's no instagram there's no internet there's nothing to the point of people all like you know look you know probably here probably all over would have heard of him you know yeah. he's still like classed as a, a great now yeah um but that backstory was absolutely fascinating but i want to say and this is one thing that's just come to me that i didn't actually one thing that sticks with me i'm sure that when robert johnson died or at some point he lost the plot and that's when they kind of claim that his soul was being taken from him. This is after he was, you know, basically famous and had, you know, had had the sort of life that was promised to him. But yeah. I'm sure, and I'm going to need to look at this, that he was seen as like barking like a dog at the end of his life, like completely lost the plot. And thinking about it now with the research that I did, that could make sense because of Papa Legba's, affinity with dogs mm, like i yeah. don't think i ever put the two and two together but that always haunted me like i'm pretty sure that that was the backstory on him right um, but yeah i just thought it was just really one of those things that just really made me realize that wow some of this shit can get pretty deep absolutely um yeah yeah just wow <laughs> yeah and just would you know it's so sad. Like, it's so sad what happened to this young girl. But I just, you know, we will never know whether or not she actually had seen him and yeah, what had happened, basically. Really strange. Really strange. I mean, this goes for both listeners for my show and your show. You know, what do you think? You know, is do you, do you think that story is real? Um, or is it just one of those maybe, like, folklore sort of things that's been passed down um because there's there's a lot of stories that uh that, that get passed down and i mean obviously anyone who regularly listens to my show will know that there's some ones that i listen to and they just don't quite sit right you know i don't really believe they just don't feel right but there's some stories that are uh that i'm either completely unsure on or i you know i really really believe them and mm -hmm. that that one's got me it's it's right in the middle you know i'd have to do some more research on that to yeah. to look into the story a bit more um but i mean if i had to put that on a scale of either believing it or not believing it it would be it would be in the middle but it'd be more on the side of believing it you know it just seems yeah. it just seems really strange and yeah it's 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 weird even if you didn't summon Papa Legba, you are ultimately trying to summon something. So yeah. you don't know what else could come through. You know, when you've got those kind of bad intentions towards another, yeah, you you don't know. Like like they always say that, you know, demons will come through or they'll come through a lot of the time trying to interpret somebody else. Yeah. So. Oh, I don't know. I just feel like it, it really did freak me out. It really, really did freak me out. And, and it, you know, there's not a lot that I've made myself quite highly immune to a lot of stuff. But this, yeah, genuinely, it's sort of, it has um, got me thinking the last few days. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, One thing that's... would not say. Sorry, Rob, after you. Sorry, uh, I was just going to say that's that's like the one thing that I think people always get told is with things like this, don't meddle with things you don't understand. You know, that's exactly like, it. Don't just lesson. go and buy a Ouija board and just summon a demon for shits and giggles. You know, don't do it. And if you're into the witchy stuff, if you're if you're practicing magic that you really shouldn't be practicing, you know, like dark things or evil things. I mean, obviously you can probably translate that into an actual sentence better than me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Which... <laughs> that's big props Rob, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's basically a thing of like, if, if you're not supposed to be doing it, don't do it. Yeah, but exactly that. But and obviously, if you believe in your craft, then ultimately yeah. you would believe that if you're putting something good out there, then if you put something bad out there, why would you not think that's going to happen as well? So therein, you know, was the lesson. But can I just say something? And I feel like my dad will like really, um, like back me up on this. If you listen to some of like, so have a listen to some of Robert Johnson's stuff and like it's like so haunting there's so many references to the devil there's so many references yeah. to kind of like law like there is so much of interest in the blues and that whole period and you know and one of those scariest songs i've ever heard and i remember this really chilling me like especially if you want to don't research papa legba and listen to this song because you will freak yourself the fuck out there's a song by Blind Willie Johnson, an amazing blind blues player, like one of, yeah, one of the greats. And the song is called Cold Was the Ground, Hard Was the Night. It is truly chilling. Right. But whatever you do, don't don't smudge your house. Research about Papa Legba and listen to that in the same day because you will fuck with your mind. That's all I'm saying. But definitely listen to wow. it. It's very, very creepy and a lot. Yeah, a lot that can be said about the law in relation to the devil at that time. Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's that does sound really weird. Um, yeah. I'm actually gonna have to uh, go <laughs> listen to that because I do enjoy, you know, the blues music and all sorts of things like that. Um, and there's there's a lot of stuff about like blues musicians. Well, not maybe not blues musicians, but musicians in general apparently making deals with devils and all sorts of stuff um and it's <gasps> yes. really weird because they they all seem to link together with each other i've noticed do you know what else freaked me out he died at 27 robert johnson right mm -hmm. so part of the old 27 club back in the day like the 1800s he genuinely was said to have died at 27 um i just found that really yeah wow another, another one of the greats you know in the 27 club scary shit wow yeah uh, it's really weird yeah yeah really weird in but general. there's some yeah. you know and i want to just say like aside from that there is such beauty in like voodoo and all of there is like so much within that like obviously it's not an area that i'd get involved with because it's not culturally appropriate for me to but yes. i've certainly got a real interest and appreciation for a lot of their crafts i just yeah. want to put that out there like this is not in any way kind of saying that 
you know, like you wouldn't want to work with Papa Legba. You wouldn't yeah. want to work with any of those amazing gods or lowers or any of that. It is literally just sort of saying like, you know, be careful what you put out there and bad yeah. intent, you know. But at, moral of the story, really sad. It was a really young girl and it just made me think, you know, yeah, you, you've just got to be careful what you what your intentions are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, not something to be messed with when you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Yes. But, yeah. What do we know? What do we yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, wow. Um, it's, yeah, it's all weird. It's all crazy. Are you off to put some socks on now and listen to uh, yeah. Brian Johnson? Yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'll just go sit in the corner of my room with like I don't know, like a, a salt circle or something. Um, I'm gonna go look into getting a tiger for midnight. Does that come with like becoming a witch? You get a free tiger whenever you sign up to become a witch. Um, yeah, they're like two grand, aren't they? Two grand for a tiger. I wouldn't know. Ask Carol Baskin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's only one thing I want to ask Carol Baskin, and we all know what that is. You see, I've not seen it, so I haven't a clue. Um, Did she murder her husband? But that's another story. That is another story. Yeah. You see, something that I've got a feeling quite a few people listening to this, either side of whose show we're listening on, is who the fuck cares? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I've already Um, bored people on my show about it. So, yeah. Dear God, thankfully no one on mine has mentioned it. So, I'm, and before anyone says I'm not doing a fucking conspiracy on Carol Baskin, no chance. Aaron, if you want to do that one, go for it. Any new host that I get, go for it. I will not be doing a conspiracy theory on Carol Baskin. But if no. anyone is following that and has been watching it, like I cannot get that song out of my head. The Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Like that, literally, as soon as you hear that. <laughs> all day just on repeat in my head in isolation wow yeah wow but no thanks (laughs) thanks for this rob it's been enlightening yeah um yeah it's uh it's it's strange episode but all of our episodes are strange yeah yeah and uh yeah i guess we'll finish it there so we've got some weird uh weird, weird witch stories uh, that are strange, you know. It was cool that you under- you knew some of them. Um, some of them were just strange. Um, and yeah, your your stuff was really awesome. Like I was very interested with uh, with everything that you were saying. So thank you for that. Mutual, yeah, same here. Thank you very much. And there's quite a bit that I picked up that I didn't, I wasn't aware of from before. So yeah, thank you. Well, there we go. We've uh, walked away learning something new, I guess. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Rob. Wicked. Right. Well, thank you all very much for listening from both sides of the show, from both ends of the UK, I guess, because you're further down south, I'm further up north. So we need we need like a third podcast who's right in the middle, and then we can cover like top to bottom. Um, but yeah, so thanks from uh, thanks but from my no. side. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. No problem. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Yep. 
thanks very much for listening everyone and we'll see you in the next episode welcome back so i've had a couple of requests asking for us to cover persephone on the show Genuinely feel like it was divine timing. I started working on this episode and realized how much I needed to be working with Persephone right now, and I will explain why. So up till now, I've always had the luxury of hiding behind the podcast, but recently I've been asked to film a few things project-wise. So I have some work coming up that basically involves filming, The thought of filming has really hit me confidence-wise. So generally, I'm quite confident this has triggered a lot of issues for me around appearance and self-worth. I know that sounds really shallow, but again, just triggered a lot of feelings regarding self-acceptance. So I feel I need to level up with you all, to be honest, because The minute, literally as I started the podcast, I went through a horrendous breakup. It was awful. And I feel like you've literally had me at my worst through me just, oh, just trying to show up, but not being there mentally. And I think it's probably clear with a lot of the things we covered on the podcast that it was implied, yeah, that I wasn't really there at the time just frankly felt quite heartbroken and down on myself so this sort of helps really with delving into the depths of Persephone and realizing how much I should honor her right now I already work with Hecate and the Morrigan but I felt like at this point I should call upon Persephone to see if she might let me do some work with her too To be honest, just simply learning more about her spirit overall helped me realise a lot of things. So before I get into Persephone, and I don't want to keep talking about myself, the show is not about that, but I wanted to let you know I've just signed a publishing deal to release a book on witchcraft for spring 2021. I cannot believe that that has happened. Like, it's not really sunk in. I'm so bloody excited. Anyway, what I want to say is that this book is going to be, and I'm not here to give you the big hard sell, I'm just giving you an update and filling you in on what's going on. So this is literally a witch's book of healing. So it will cover like working with the deities, each specific deity that I work with and some others that are really important, how I honour them. It will cover areas like the dark night of the soul, dealing with grief, heartbreak, addiction, self-love, rituals and spell work it will also cover the you know working with the moon the elements bits that we love to talk about on the show or I love to talk about on the show overall I'm just hoping that the book will be helpful for you know someone else really because this is just me documenting all the things that I did to get through some really icky stuff and honestly I feel even better now, like I'm literally coming out of it, I feel better now than I've felt for years, I feel like it's, you know, a bit of a spring rebirth, and it feels amazing, like I genuinely feel like I'm, you know, in a much better position to do all these things and get cracking rather than not showing up and struggling with that, and honestly, witchcraft has really saved me on so many occasions, because It felt a bit, 
disempowering being like a broken hearted witch for a while, obviously wanting to hex someone. And, you know, I'm only joking, but there was a lot of anger and resentment and sadness that I had. And, you know, I just had to like push through it. And there was always a spell to do. There was always like a ritual that was going to help. There was always a deity to talk to. There was always something that was there, like to give me something to turn to. It just kept me going, genuinely kept me going. And like I say, this book really is just going to document all of those little things that I did, the big rituals, the little rituals, the big spells, the little spells, everything that kind of got me to process a lot of horrible shit. Um, there's no anger, there's no animosity. Like, you know, I'm, I'm honestly in a position of like love and light with a lot of people in my life now. I don't want to be that bitter, sad person ever like it's just not worth drinking the poison of hating or being you know there's just no point because you literally only hurt yourself that's why I'd never want to do any hexes on anyone there's just no point and hurt people hurt people that's my opinion but anyway sorry rambling on enough about me I just wanted to say coming across Persephone just helped so much. So without further ado, let's get on and talk about the wonderful Persephone. So Persephone is a goddess you can ask for assistance with love and healthy relationships, mercy, forgiveness, abusive or controlling parents, family members, um, sorry, abusive or controlling parents or family members, assistance in finding true love and healthy relationships, and also to help with dying or sick plants. So definitely one for the green witches. It's also a good time for us to talk about Persephone as she is goddess of spring, but also queen of the underworld. She is the daughter of Zeus, the patriarchal king of the gods, daughter of Demeter, the goddess of agriculture, and she was the wife of Hades. So law you will find in relation to Persephone is varied. She is often seriously underestimated. So the backstory regarding Persephone is that she was out in a field one day with Demeter, her mother. Persephone wandered off to pick flowers, and she is said to have come across and picked a narcissist a flower she hadn't seen before when a hole opens up in the earth from which Hades emerged from in his chariot, grabbing Persephone and dragging her back to the underworld. Pretty dramatic entrance. With Demeter chasing after her, however, she couldn't catch up with them before the earth where the hole emerged closed up. Demeter was heartbroken, and it should be noted that Persephone and Demeter were exceptionally close, practically inseparable. So Demeter quickly went to Zeus, demanding Hades return their daughter. She was so heartbroken. All the plants died. The earth fell cold. Hades refused to return Persephone and advised Demeter and Zeus their daughter was now his wife. As long as their child wasn't returned, Demeter vowed to not allow anything to grow. And as a result, the world began to starve. Zeus decreed that Demeter could have Persephone back, providing she hadn't had any food past her lips in the underworld. But meanwhile, at this exact point, Persephone was sitting in the castle garden where a small spirit boy offered her a pomegranate from which she eats six seeds from before she knows of the decree between her parents. 
So she didn't think this was count. And it was said that if you ate anything in the underworld, you would have to remain. Hades apparently set this up so she couldn't return. She is then stuck in the underworld. Demeter hears this, goes back to Zeus, demands something else is done for her return. Zeus decides in a bid to stop the fighting and in order to bring the people food again, that Persephone will spend half the year in the underworld with Hades, half the year on earth with her mother. Everyone agrees to this. However, each time Persephone returns to the underworld, Demeter is still heartbroken to see her daughter go, mourns her loss while she is gone. And this is said to be why in the winter, everything dies and sleeps. The earth loses colour. The cold is harsh. Differing Lords this states that Persephone went willingly with Hades following agreement Hades made with Zeus and his permission to kidnap the bride. Other translations are that Persephone willingly took Hades' hand and boarded the chariot of her own free will to be wed to him. So Persephone is often seen as a maiden taken to the underworld against her will. However, she is very underestimated. She became a fierce queen of hell and ruled over her domain as an equal to Hades. She is often classed as the goddess of adaptation because of how she transformed herself, managed her relationships and turned the wheel of the year. So Persephone had complicated relationships with her mother Demeter and her husband Zeus. So again, demonstrates how she is a goddess of adaptation. She had to keep her mother happy whilst also dealing with her husband. So Hades actually cheated on her with Mymph, who Persephone changed into a plant, obviously a mint plant. So Mymph was a naiad, so a form of nymph, and the naiads watch over fresh water in fountains, wells, and certain rivers. Mymph lusted over Hades and they began an affair. Persephone caught the two together. Thereafter, instead of telling Hades how pissed off she is, basically just takes revenge on Mymph by turning her into mint. And the way she did this was apparently by stepping on Mymph with all her might. And after that, it said that every time Persephone would step on the plant, it would reveal the minty scent. She basically went rogue without bothering to lecture Hades for being a fuckboy. Sorry, I jest, but I just find this hilarious. So Hecate and Persephone actually had a special relationship too. Hecate acted as a mediator, helping Persephone make her way from the underworld. But they also became companions. They both reigned as goddesses in the underworld simultaneously. So symbolic items for Persephone that you may wish to use or, you know, for offerings and so on, have on your altar. Uh, Plant-wise, you know, obviously you've got uh, Narcissus, there's Willow Tree, Lily, Ivy, Lily of the Valley, Oriental Lilies, Maidenhair Fern, Daisy and Lavender, Parsley, Corn, Willow, Black Poplar, obviously Pomegranate. Symbols torch and the moon representative of the underworld perfumes or scents definitely floral scents especially narcissus and hyacinth almond vanilla bergamot pomegranates gems and metals agate black onyx pink tourmaline obsidian jet moonstone pearl mercury 
coral, red jasper. Colours, green, black, light blue, purple, magenta, indigo and yellow. Animals, the owl and the bats, representative of the underworld. Themes with Persephone are adaptation, death, beauty, acceptance, desire, wisdom, rebirth, agriculture, hope, growth. So ultimately, Persephone had to adapt to life on Earth and in the underworld. It's her transformation from the timid, beautiful maid to a fierce queen. So although she married Hades, she rose in her own right to the title of Queen of Hell. She demonstrates we can make the most of wherever we find ourselves. She is good to appeal to when you are seeking transformation. So a lot of this information I took from the Pathos website and the writer stated that Persephone is a true warrior whose victories were not found in the valour of the battlefield but in the depths of her soul. So I've got a little prayer to Persephone, the goddess of adaptation that you may wish to use if you do decide to work with or honour her. How Persephone, great goddess of adaptation, maiden, mistress, queen of hell, share with me your power of making the most of a bad situation. Guide me as I transform myself and conquer this mess. Remind me that I too am a mighty queen that will rise above even the darkest depths of the underworld. So I've got a little spell for you to ask for courage. So this is taken from the Book of Spells, White Magic to Make Your Dreams Come True by Michael Johnston. This is a great little spell book. I'm going to review it soon on the show. So it said that Tuesdays are best for this spell that brings boldness to the faint-hearted. You may wish to dress in red clothes or cover your altar with a red cloth to add potency to your magic. I did this spell recently. I didn't do that, but again, it's highly up to you. So for this spell, you will need one white altar candle, one red taper candle. Although I did have the right candle colours, again, always refer and use white candles if you're stuck. I know a lot of us are in isolation and might be having difficulty getting hold of certain things for spell work. Another thing you'll need are some sprigs of holly or honeysuckle. I feel really naughty saying this, but in the UK, I know we've got listeners everywhere, but if you are struggling to find a holly tree, very often you'll find them by a church. And I feel really bad saying this. I have visions of all us witches pinching sprigs of holly from churches. Uh, so just be careful, you know, just, just have a little look around. When you're on a walk, I'm sure you'll find a holly bush somewhere. Anyway, you'll also need an essential oil burner, lavender essential oil, black pepper, When the fumes of the lavender oil are filling the air, sprinkle the pepper onto the burner. Now light the white candle and place alongside the holly or your honeysuckle. Kneel down, focusing on the flame while silently asking for the courage to face whatever challenges lie ahead. So visualize yourself triumphant in any situation and then light the red candle. Now stand to your full height in front of your altar and with hands held high above your head, say aloud, strength and courage may I possess that what I fear I may face. In winning through to the other side, onto victory, I will ride and let it be done that it harm no one. 
Your spell is cast. You can face the future with all the boldness in the world. So that's the end of today's episode. Once again, if you have any other topics that you'd like covered, drop me a line. I'm on Instagram at The White Witch Company. You can catch me on Facebook, The White Witch Company. And let me know if there's any books that you'd like reviewed too. I am always happy, like always over the moon to hear from all of you. So thank you so much for your messages, your reviews. I'm so overwhelmed and I'm really, really grateful. I can't even convey how grateful I am. Somebody left me a lovely review the last couple of days and asked me to cover casting a circle. So I will certainly get into that on one of the forthcoming episodes I have a few different bits that have been requested and they are always noted and I'm on the case. Aside from that, I would love it if you could leave me a review. I'm just, you know, it just helps more people find the show. If you can, great. Thank you very much. And other than that, I will catch up with you all soon. Have a lovely week, which is honestly just Hope you're all doing all right with everything going on in the world currently. Haven't really touched on it, just trying to keep it light and breezy, a little bit of escapism. But take care of yourselves. I will catch up with you soon. Bye.